Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Mm -hmm. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us His path and we find we are not alone. The season of Christmas and all its surroundings is a wonderful time. Did you have a good time this year, Cecilia? I did, yeah. Good. My housemates and I had a wonderful time uh, just being together. And, and of course, we did enjoy opening Christmas gifts. And and then there was the Christmas Eve service, of course. And that Mm -hmm. was just great. Good, good. It almost sometimes seems like a letdown afterwards. But yet it isn't. Um, the, the holiday flows on yet for several more days. And today here in room 4216, we're going to take a look at those special mm, 12 days, as they're called, of Christmas leading up to Epiphany. There's a lot around 12 days of Christmas, certainly it's a duh, it's, it's how many days there are between December 25 mm-hmm. and January 6th. And what happened on January 6th? Well, that is when we celebrate the fact that the wise men came to worship Jesus. Well, let's read about that. How about? All right. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, 
they returned to their country by another route. A star, a star, dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite So, Pastor Dave, let's play 20 questions again. 20 questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, at least five or so. Um, Yes. Who were the major? No. (laughs) All right. Thank you. You're welcome. That wasn't a yes or no question. Who were the Magi again? They were um, men of wisdom and renown. They were from the Far East, probably well, Persia, something like that. And they Persia studied is, this. Is today uh, Iran? Is that right? Iran, Iraq? I forget which one. One of those two. They studied the stars. And I thought astrology was a not a good thing. Astrology is not, but astronomy is. There's two different things there. Astrology means I'm going to predict the future by the stars. Ah. Astronomy means watching the stars, observing what they do, and noting trends and patterns. Uh, and, and by that, um, many things can happen, including travel on oceans, as well as seeing trends within um, uh, uh, um, seasonal uh, mm. temperatures and weather. But then they also, with that, would sometimes dabble in to the to the almost the astrology because they remembered that there was a promise that when a new star came up in the in the uh, west a king in would be east. born in the east no, in the east a king would be born okay and and then these people these magi we don't know how many of them there were correct yeah, it could have been there's more than one because mm-hmm. it is plural but it could have been two or it could have been 10 mm-hmm uh, they decided that this new king, uh, although they were not Israelites, they decided to go and find the king. Correct. And they probably had this this reference from when the Israelites were in exile, taken to Babylon, which is oh. then... Uh, uh, Persia, which was then now today Iran, Iraq, and so they they would study both the stars and then religious things, and and they therefore were trying to be an ambassadors of goodwill. That's kind of how I view it mm. by going to this country to say we welcome the new king, and it would win favor. So that is why they went to Jerusalem first because Jerusalem is the major capital and right. they thought well naturally the king's going to be in the palace in the pal right okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and Herod being an old man when I ain't got no kids what are you talking about well we had a bible verse well then Herod not being a religious man uh, turned no. to the religious people and said what's this all about and they're the ones who uh, read the reference as you read. Actually, he had kids, but they weren't newborn kings. Well, no, I mean then. I, he was an old man at this time. Ah, right, right. Okay. So, we have said that there are 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Why 12? It's one less than 13. And it's one more than 11? Uh-huh. Okay, uh, that wraps into why then do the people celebrate the the wise men coming on this day? Okay, so um, why do we celebrate it on January the 6th? 
The ancient church back in the first and second centuries were a persecuted church. And we're going to come back to that mm-hmm. concept of persecution uh, several times today, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they were persecuted, they had to find ways that they could gather to encourage each other to share God's word with one another. And so they did so um, during the winter solstice. Uh, which was celebrated by the Roman uh, people, the Roman gods, and that was like uh, December 20 through the end of the month, a two-week period of the winter solstice. Yeah, um, we talked once about the Romans celebrating the coming of the sun, S-U-N, while the Christians took the opportunity to celebrate the coming of the sun, S-O-N. Yeah, English does that. No other language you can do that tricky word thing. I know, I know. So they gathered when there's a bunch of revelry. So the church said, hey, we'll just kind of plan it then. Technically, we think actually Jesus was probably born in spring, not in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church in the they, they, they kind of did this gathering time, and there was nothing really easily done in spring. I'm kind of guessing there, and it kind of settled on this winter solstice. But they also was a, were aware of the verse that you read from Matthew of these wise men coming. Notice they came to a house, not the manger. Mm-hmm. We believe it was probably up to two years later, and that comes from the story going on of what Herod did. Um, that he um, um, killed all the babies two years old and younger. Mm-hmm. So we think it was about probably two years after his birth or, or under, they're around there. And, um, but the church wanted to celebrate that because that was special. People that weren't of the Jew- Jewish faith, of the Christian heritage, coming to worship, that's the Gentiles. And so... They wanted to celebrate this light, and that's why it's called epiphany, epiphone. Light comes on is what the word means. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, uh, date, I'm not exactly sure why 12 days. I, it it kind of fits in that parameter. I can tell you this, the Orthodox Church, which was the eastern half of Christianity up until they split into the West and the Eastern, Western being Roman Catholic in Europe, Eastern being um, uh, Eastern part, Turkey and Greece and Russia and all, um, they would celebrate gift-giving on the 6th when the wise men uh, came and they celebrated that because they were the ones who gave the gifts. And the 6th of January is what people used to know as 12th night, is that right? Correct, yes. And I believe it all connects with, again, the winter solstice, and it it, it fits that time frame. And so as then time went on, what do we do with these 12 days, especially now that persecution is done? Hey, we should remember Jesus and honor him a bit more. Uh, We've got December 25 to January 6. What are we going to do with these 12 days? The Real Twelve Days of Christmas by Helen Heidel, copyright 1997 by Helen Heidel, published by Multnomah Publishers Incorporated. Forward. 
Do French hens, gold rings, and milking maids have anything to do with the Christmas faith? Is it possible that a fun and rollicking Christmas carol might have a deeper, hidden message? What is the real meaning behind the twelve days of Christmas? In the 16th century, England proclaimed an official state church, and any other religious teaching was strictly forbidden. So for the next three centuries, those who refused to join the state church developed creative ways to teach children their beliefs. One popular method was to use lyrics and song. On these pages, you will discover the secret Christian symbols concealed in the familiar, familiar carol, The Twelve Days of Christmas. This cheerful song about a generous benefactor who loved to give could be freely sung without ever using God's name because my true love refers to God. So come along and discover for yourself how things are not always as they seem. See how an old familiar carol overflows with rich spiritual significance. And the next time you sing this song, notice how even the repetitive pattern represents a special meaning. As the verses repeat over and over, so God's ongoing gifts and blessings continue to flow. Quote, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. End quote. James chapter 1, verses 17 through 18. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve drummers drumming, eleven lords a-leapin', ten ladies dancing, nine pipers piping, eight maids a-milkin', seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-layin', five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, Pastor Dave, I've got to ask, where yeah. did you find this book? Oh, my wife loves books, especially children's books. Mm-hmm. The pictures in here, I guess, are just outstanding as it describes each of the mm-hmm. day and the and the and the Christian art that goes along with it. And and so it's it's one of those books that she found and 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 well, read to our kids and such. I've got to tell you, I'm a bit skeptical of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure. Well, how about we listen to the first day. All right. The first day. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. The first gift of this Christmas song is a partridge, a small bird similar to a quail or a grouse. The original gift of Christmas is Jesus, sent to earth from God. Quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. End quote. John Chapter 3, verse 16. The partridge was known as a valiant bird, willing to fight to the death in order to defend its young. This bird's readiness to die for its young made it an ancient Christian symbol of Christ. The pear tree represents the cross. Quote, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. End quote. John chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. I don't know. I'm still not sure about this. I really don't think I like this very much. Well, uh, 
listen, listen to another day. How about okay? Please, one more day. The second day, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves. For hundreds of years, Jewish families used turtle doves as offerings to God. The gift of two turtle doves is a reminder of the sacrifice offered for Jesus by Mary and Joseph. All right, now I really am confident that uh, well-meaning as this book is, and uh, cutesy as it is, it's wrong. Oh? I heard another version of the two turtle doves that says that the two turtle doves represent the Old and New Testament. Oh, well, that kind of makes some sense, yeah. Do you know what the rest of these uh, representations in the book are? Um, yeah, I wrote them down. Okay, three French hens. The three gifts of the wise men, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The four calling birds. Uh, The four gospels. Five golden rings. The first five books of the uh, Old Testament is called the Pentateuch. Okay, the six geese are laying. Um, the six days of creation, because uh, an egg is a symbol of life, and God brought life in through creation. Okay, and uh, the seven swans are swimming. Um, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, noted in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. Uh-huh. Boy, that seventh one really... He really hit you there. Yes, it did. Why? Well, a bit of history. The book claims that this song was written as a coded catechism for Catholics who were being persecuted in the 16th century. Okay. Uh, Okay. In the 16th century, there was Henry VIII, who broke with the Catholic Church and formed the Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there was Mary who said, no. Mary going- was one of his daughters. That's right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mary um, who said, no, we're going back and being Catholic again. Okay. Then- As I recall, that only lasted a couple years, right? That only lasted a few years, yeah. Okay. Um, then there was Elizabeth I who said, nope. Out go the Catholics again. Although Elizabeth was pretty tolerant of, of most Catholics. Then let's skip ahead to the, uh, when the Commonwealth, the Puritan Commonwealth had rule. Um, they took over in 1649 to 1660. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Catholics had a pretty hard time of it then too. It wasn't really until the year 1829 uh, when Catholics were allowed to worship again as they chose that they had any peace. There's no foundation in history for uh, Catholics uh, being persecuted as badly as many Christians are even today Mm, in places like China and uh, some of the um, Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. Hmm. And second, the the beliefs talked about in this song of Mm -hmm. the the Jesus Christ – the the three gifts and such, and the four Gospels, those weren't things that people were arguing about. 
that the Catholics and the Anglicans were arguing about, for oh, instance. Oh, that it would have had to been hidden. So to, and the, oh, the seven. That's what got you because there weren't. Catholics believe in seven sacraments. Yes, they And do. that should have been the seven sacraments because that's a contested one. Mm hmm. Ah. Definitely. And then there's one last thing. Mm hmm. It's Christmas. Yeah. And it's a great time to teach Christmas songs. But what about the rest of the year? Are they supposed to just not learn the catechism the rest of the year? Oh, singing at Christmas, but not any other times of the year. Right. Dave, I want to play a game. Oh, okay. I like games. Me too. This game is called My Father Owns a Grocery Store. Okay. All right. My father owns a grocery store, and in his grocery store, he sells avocados. Okay. Well, now you have to come up with a B word. Oh, avocado. My father owns a grocery store, and in his store, he has bananas. Bananas and what? Oh, bananas and avocados. Okay. My father owns a grocery store, and in his grocery store, he has uh, corn chips and bananas and avocados. My father owns a grocery store, and in this grocery store, he has donuts. What did you say? Candy apples? No. I See, I've already Googled it. Okay. I All get right, the idea. <laughs> and you just keep adding on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's what... What was your C, anyway? Corn chips. Corn chips. Bananas and apples. No. Avocados. Avocados. Why did you choose avocados? Because, I, because apples is too easy. <sighs> okay. Fun game. Okay. Well, the 12 days of Christmas it's believed, is very much like a game like that one. Oh. Uh, It was played generally on the 12th night, which is what we referred to earlier. And uh, people would go around naming gifts, uh, and they'd have to remember all the other gifts. And if they didn't, they forfeited something. Sometimes it was something like a sweet, or sometimes it was even something like a kiss. So... That's what they believe that the twelve days of Christmas was. It was on a the, song that was that was learned. Huh. It was like a folk song. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, Actually, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. And then you would five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves. Got it. How fun! Mm-hmm. Well, now that I've ripped that book apart and uh, also torn apart the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out that it's perfectly okay to use 
things like this book to help remember important concepts. Yeah, really, in the book, there's nothing wrong with what it's saying. It has good thoughts, it's just maybe not based in history, as we pointed out. Right. So, do you have anything you'd like to add about the 12 Days of Christmas? Well, um, yeah. I think, and this is where how we started with, with uh, it being epiphany. And first was the gift of Christmas. God gave his son. He was born. And it, this holiday season, these 12 days end, no matter how you do the days, no matter what song you sing, with wise men from the East coming to give gifts to the Savior. And that's really a good thing to take away from this holiday is God has given gifts to us. We can give gifts to God and others. But sometimes I don't feel like I have that much to give to God. Hmm. And I really, really do appreciate and understand that, as I bet a lot of our listeners do too. I read something just a little bit ago that I think might help you and some of our listeners. It was seven, I'm sorry, five things that can help you as you enter this new year. And as I share these, think about the wise men, okay? Okay. First one is pray. Be about prayer. Pray for people. Pray for things. Pray. Bring them to God. That's number one. Number two is look for opportunities. Look for opportunities uh, of, of whatever. Openings, cracks, um, situations, concerns, needs, people. Opportunities give us options to do things. might just be, uh, hello, I'm glad to see you today, to no, a neighbor in the hall. Number three is listen to learn. Listen to learn. Now think about the wise men. Uh, not to excuse your example, it's perfect. The wise men, they were looking for something in the stars. And they saw the opportunity. So then they went to Jerusalem. They listened to learn. They wanted to come and worship, but they listened. And they learned it was Bethlehem is where the Savior was born. So mm-hmm. we should listen to learn as well. Which then moves to number four. Serve with love. And sometimes what what is meant with that love is that we give of ourselves. And it isn't about financials. Many times it's time or thoughtfulness. Um, And so our service, note that service, is love. The wise men, they had gifts. And boy, the baby Jesus and his parents needed that gold uh, incense and myrrh, because they had to run to Egypt, and they didn't have any money. They were poor. And so these gifts helped them for the next couple years. Never know when we serve people what it does. And then number five is share. Share about our God. Because as much as we serve and do things, if words don't go with that, people will interpret it as they wish rather than how you want it to be. And again, the wise men did that. They went back and told. So again, these five things that we can do in this new year, which is a gift we can give. Do you remember them? Um, Number one is? Pray. Correct. Pray, 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 pray. Number two, look Uh, for opportunities. Look, yeah. 
Number three. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. Number four. Uh, uh, Serve with love. Serve with love. And number five. Share. Share. These are gifts that we can give to people around us. And as we do that in this new year, we will just be like those wise men who came to worship the baby Jesus. And one of the people that we can and should pray for, and the book alluded to this. One of the people? Peoples. It's a plural. Ah. Uh, Are people that are under persecution. Whether the book was true or not, there are lots of people who are persecuted today for their Christian faith. We hear stories in China, in the Middle East, and even if you don't know them, just bring them to the Lord. Because, well, they're hurting, and they need our help. And sometimes all we can do is pray. But we can do that. Yes, we can. And so, whether you are somebody listening at home or someone out there who's persecuted... You are not alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Credits. The Real 12 Days of Christmas, the story behind the song, Helen Heidel, copyright 1997 by Helen Heidel, published by Multnomah Publishers Incorporated. Rejoice and Be Merry, performed by Ingrid Dumash. The 12 Days of Christmas, performed by Perry Como. The Twelve Days of Christmas, performed by Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. And Old MacDonald, performed by Music for Baby. And we can't forget our fantastic reader, Deb Andrus. <laughs>